Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. Wrongful Revenge by Simple49 A stereotype exists that all men will cheat on their wives if given a chance, and that the tradition of the double standard lives on strong and healthy in all masculine minds. Bob Sims would have agreed that many men did and do believe that they have some inalienable right to bed more than one woman, even if they are already married or dating. Some of his best friends thought monogamy was a card game rather than a basic principle of a strong relationship between a man and woman. But Bob did not accept the idea of cheating for himself. When he married Carrie, he married her for life. The wedding vows that he swore to meant something to him. She was the woman he loved and lusted after. Carrie knew this after twenty-five years of living in happy wedlock with him. She knew it when he smiled at her. She knew it when he cared for her during her recent bout of skin cancer and the radiation treatment that had made her so sick. She knew it especially when he made wild, abandoned love to her even after all these years. Carrie was still beautiful at forty-three. Bob often told her that he thought she was more beautiful than when she was eighteen when they married. Even after raising two sons who themselves were now married, she could easily pass for a woman ten or more years younger. Bob marveled at her curvaceous five-foot and ten-inch figure. On hot summer days she could wear the smallest G-string bikini and turn the heads of any man. If Carrie had a fault, it was her temper. When she got angry, she often reacted before thinking and said or did things she later regretted. As Bob would attest, she often resorted to physical expressions of her displeasure by throwing things, sometime even at him. Later she was embarrassed and would apologize for her unthinking acts. But Bob sometimes worried about this, yet he could not complain. Carrie clearly loved him and they were happy. In his early twenties, his career as an engineer had been very successful. By twenty-four he had formed his own company, made it a huge success, and he now had offers to sell for a large sum of money that would mean he could retire with no worries for the rest of his life and enjoy every day with Carrie. Another stereotype is the husband who works an 80-hour week and then works weekends too. The result is that he loses touch with his family and wife and they then divorce. Bob never let work hinder his family life. Sometimes he had to travel, sometimes he had to work late, but never night after night and he did not travel every week. Life seemed perfect. He and Carrie seemed perfect. But into this paradise, there came a snake— a long, thick, devious, selfish snake. His name was Tom Jensen. Tom owned a rival company that constantly lost bids to Bob's company. Tom could never figure out Bob's secret, or at least believe what Bob would tell him. There is no secret, Tom. I design what the client wants. I do not skimp on the materials. And most importantly, I give an honest and fair bid. Tom could never believe that. He knew everyone in their business cut corners, used cheap materials and made sure their bid brought in maximum profit for average work. Bob never did that and never would. He believed that by giving the best, everyone profited. He never set out to be a billionaire. He wanted a good living. And in the end, 
he created a company worth millions. Tom envied him his success and all that went with it. Carrie had contributed to the new company early on. Her degree was in business, and she brought her skill to bear on the running of the day-to-day business. For two years he designed and she was his CEO. However, when she became pregnant, they both decided she needed to stay home and raise the children. The two boys were a handful and she loved every minute. Bob knew the time would come when the boys left home that she would want to go back to work. He was right. Three years ago, when the youngest graduated and then married, she decided to accept a position in a modeling firm managing the day-to-day for the company, so that the creative types and the models could successfully concentrate on their work and know that the company would be well run. She had done it for Bob and did for Stacy, Cooper, and Klein Modeling Agency. The snake? Tom was a silent partner in the agency, and neither Bob nor Carrie knew this. He had years ago invested when his now wife worked there. Sophia had been a striking runway model and was still an attractive and charming woman. Bob did not think she could match Carrie, but he did not really pay much attention anyway because they rarely socialized with the Jensens. Carrie liked Sophia, but like Bob could barely tolerate the loud, bragging affectation of Tom. However, there were occasions when they had to party with them. The most common were the BBQs that their neighbors, the Halls, had at least twice a month. At first, years ago, they went because their boys were friends with the neighbors' children. And now they went just because they liked the Halls. The Jensens, because they lived around the corner, also were often invited. Late in the evening of July 4th, after drinking more than a few margaritas, Bob was feeling no pain. Carrie was dancing with Fred Hall and so he decided to go home and lie down and then come back later to get Carrie. He trusted Carrie would be all right with their friends and he was only a house away. Carrie saw him leave and waved knowing he needed to sober up a little and she could stay and dance. Tom Jensen saw him leave and decided he might have a way to embarrass Bob and do something that in his wildest fantasy he thought would never happen. Have uncontrolled sex with Carrie and not have his wife complain about it or Bob be able to do a thing about it. Sophia was drunk. When she was drunk, she was horny and normally he would look forward to a wild night later. However, he saw a chance to use her to achieve his goal of Carrie. He surreptitiously led Sophia to the Sims house and brought her into the master bedroom. All the way over, he had whispered into the inebriated woman's ears all the delicious and erotic things he wanted to do to her. Sophia did not know there were in the Sims home. She thought that Tom had somehow gotten her home. He began to caress her and strip her in the darkness. Tom could not believe his luck when he noticed that Bob had stripped to his shorts and was asleep on this muggy night uncovered. He led Sophia over to the bed and told her to lie down, naked now, and they would have some fun. After he had her down and Bob had not awakened, he came around and reached over Bo and rolled Sophia over as if he were reaching for her. Sophia reached back and put her arms around Bob and snuggled her svelte, soft, body into his. Bob in his drunken, sleepy confusion assumed she was Carrie and soon they were passionately making love. Both believed that their spouse was the one touching, licking, kissing, sucking, and ultimately joining in the sexual ecstasy they were experiencing. Tom, meanwhile, rushed back to the party, found Carrie in the halls. He pretended to have come from the bathroom and asked if they had seen Sophia. Someone else across the pool shouted. I thought I saw her leave with some man. Maybe it was Bob because they headed over to his house. 
Tom turned to Carrie and said, Would you mind coming with me to check if she is there and is okay? Carrie was a little flustered. Why would Bob in his drunken state take Sophia? A little wasp began fly around in her mind and a buzzing noise began to bother her as a taste of honeyed suspicion began to drip in her soul. Somewhere in her imagination a voice was whispering suspicious, terrible images to her. Her anger began to grow. She grabbed Tom's hand, mumbling words he could not understand and dragged him back to her house. She did not even pause to realize how disgusting she normally found Tom, and that touching him was like touching the scales of dry reptile. All she knew was that suddenly she felt threatened and the need to strike out at the possibility of this threat. If what she suspected was true, she would become a revenging goddess. Unsuspecting Bob and Sophia were coupling vigorously, the bed shaking, their moans and cries echoing down the stairs, so that when Carrie entered the house, she knew immediately what was happening up in her bed. Following behind the avenging angel, Tom could only smile at the ruin he was about to create. He knew would reap only pleasure from Bob's discovery and would be able to do anything with his wife that he wanted and Carrie would be his too. When the light came on and Bob looked into the lusting eyes of Sophia, his shock was so great that without even noticing his penis deflated, and he fell out of her. With a drunken, frantic groan, she tried to pull him back in. She had never had sex as good as this. Her husband was like a different man tonight. Then she realized. Oh, shit! Bob! What are you? But even as she spoke, she still hunched her hips against him, trying to draw him back in. Bob thought he was going to throw up. This was not Carrie. Then a voice like a banshee screamed at him. He turned his head, trying to focus and saw his wife, red, livid with rage. She was reaching for a vase of flowers, grabbing it with both hands off of the bureau, and then throwing it with all her strength. Bob tried to avoid it, but could not. The vase was heavy enough temporarily to knock him unconscious. The water from the vase and flowers flew all over Sophia who had been screaming for a few seconds now as she saw Tom and Carrie. She was too drunk though to help herself. Tom grabbed Carrie who was still raging at Bob and shook her. We need to talk later. Let me get my wife out of her and you can deal with your husband. Carrie with a crazed look in her bloodshot eyes said. Come back later. Tonight. I need your help to hurt him, to pay him back. Tom was not sure what she meant. I will not physically hurt him. Carrie laughed. No, you will do worse. You will come back and fuck me. And that will hurt him. I will make him watch. Hurry. Get this slut out of here. Maybe we can punish her later also. At that moment, the snake knew he had her. That she would become his whore tonight, and this would destroy Bob. He laughed too. It feels good when a plan comes together. A half hour later, after dropping his sobbing, drunken wife in her bed, he was back and was presented with a picture he would never have imagined. Carrie had tied Bob's spread eagle on the bed with his head propped up so that he could see a TV that she had moved to the bureau. Blood was seeping from the wound on his head down over one eye, and he was still unconscious. There were bruises on his body. Carrie had not been gentle when she tied him down. Clearly, the blood flow to his hands and feet was minimal, and she had beaten on him. What the fuck took you so long, Tom? I'm here, Carrie. What do you want to do? An almost evil grin appeared on her lips. 
This TV is connected to a camera in the next bedroom. I will wake Bob up and he can watch us rut. She began to strip off her clothes. Item by item she teased Tom until finally she pulled down her barely their panties and stuffed them into Bob's mouth. She then took a bowl that she had filled with water and splashed into Bob's face. Bob spluttered and coughed, but discovered that some cloth was stuffed into his mouth and he was choking on the water that had gone up his nose. Then he saw Carrie. But this was not the loving wife he knew. This was naked Harridan who was cursing him. He could barely understand her in his pain and only now realized the position he was in. Also, the blow to his head had been worse than anyone realized and he had a concussion that was disorienting him even more. You damn cheater. I am going to get back what took from me. I am going to punish you. Just watch the monitor and you can watch the man you hate do anything he wants to me. Bob suddenly realized Tom was there. How? Why? He then remembered Sophia. Through the gag, he tried to tell Carrie it was all a mistake. He thought he had been loving her, not Sophia. But all that Tom and Carrie could hear were a kind of garbled choking sound. Come on, Tom. Let's get some of our own back from our cheating spouses. In the next room, Tom flung his clothes off as Carrie knelt in front of the camera and began to give him the best blow job he had ever had. Carrie turned to the camera and taunted her husband. See, I am sucking on his big prick. And honey, I think it is larger and fatter than yours. I know in few minutes I will enjoy it. Unknown to Carrie, there was a tape in the VCR of the TV, and she had accidentally turned on the record. Everything she would do and say in the next couple hours would be saved. Meanwhile Bob, when he saw his wife, went insane. He began kicking and pulling. The ropes began to lacerate his wrists and ankles. Tears leaked from his eyes and mucus began to flow from his nose. He was choking. He was dying. I in the other room. Carrie dragged Tom onto bed, forced him onto his back, and crawled onto his cock and lowered herself. She actually began to enjoy the sensation and was making noises of delight and pleasure which spurred Tom on who tried to join in her rhythm. They had no idea how close Bob was passing out and dying. However, Bob realized the danger he was in. He could not breathe. He began blowing out the mucus from his nostrils and succeeded in clearing them and taking enough air and so as not to pass out. He also continued to struggle. I in the other room, Carrie was wild with the sexual delight that she was experiencing. She was in control. She was getting revenge and enjoying every minute of it. Do you see this, Bob? I am Tom's slut. I am his. I belong to him and his giant cock. Maybe later, I will come in to you let you eat his cum. At that moment, she had her first orgasm, screaming and moaning. She then jumped off of Tom and got in the classic 69 position and stuffed her cunt in Tom's face which he with gusto began to lick and suck on as she in turn tried to pull his cock deep into her throat. Tom had begun to deflate after coming in her, but her efforts had him growing again. This time he would last longer and maybe even fuck her ass. At the sight of this, Bob had such an adrenaline rush. In his anger he suddenly had the strength to pull the ropes with a force that broke the bedposts in half and he was suddenly free. So wrapped in their pleasure, Tom and Carrie missed the crash from the master bedroom. Bob just fell back for a moment as he pulled Carrie's panty from his mouth and took big, 
gulping breaths and reoriented himself. As he came to grips with the horror of the moment, all he could think was to kill them. But then he knew that would only destroy his own life in the end and they were not worth that. He needed to get away. He had to get away and take care of himself. And then he would take care of his lost wife and worst enemy. Bob haltingly rose from the now sopping and bloody bed and found some clothes and shoes and to dress himself. He looked at the scene of horror on the TV and then noticed that the VCR was recording. Stumbling to the TV he took out the tape and then found his wallet and made his way down the stairs in unimaginable pain of body and spirit. He knew he needed a place to take of himself, but he also knew he needed help. He made his way over to the halls. When he found them in the backyard cleaning up, they could not believe the shambling, bloodied and bruised hulk that entered their yard. At first they could not even tell who he was because his face was so swollen. Ellen reached for him when she realized it was Bob. Oh my God! Bob, is that you? What happened? Where's Carrie? Fred grab him before he falls. Bob just stared for a moment and then, Help me. I think I need to go to the hospital. Carrie is back in the house screwing Tom. I cannot explain right now. Please, just get me to an ER. Bob fell to his knees as tears of shame and pain fell from his eyes. He looked up pleadingly. Ellen turned to her husband and they both reached for Bob and helped him back up and then out to their car.i in the ER. The admitting nurse took one look at Bob and immediately got him a doctor. She thought he must have been in an accident until she saw his wrists and blood pooling at his feet from his ankles. The doctor immediately noticed the huge lump now swelling on the side and back of his head. Looking in his eyes and checking his respiration, he realized that along with all the other obvious injuries that this patient might have a concussion and they needed to treat him immediately. Nurse get this man on a gurney to an exam room and we will treat him there. We might need to admit him so get the relevant information from his friends. With that he went off to get a trauma surgeon to look at Bob's head and decide what they needed to do. He knew the nurses could take care of the wounds and other contusions that Bob may have sustained. Fred turned to Bob as they wheeled him away and asked, Should we call Carrie? Bob's response was a bellowing, retching. No! That bitch can wallow on Tom's cock forever now. She is no wife of mine. The nurses turned to look in shock at him and suddenly began to suspect the truth. More gently, even more kindly, they began to treat him in exam room three dot back in the house. Carrie found herself with a man who wanted everything. His fingers were digging obscenely into her vagina and pulling out fluid which he rubbed into her asshole. Then he flipped her over roughly onto her stomach, continuing to slobber more fluid all over her puckering pink hole. She had never let Bob do to this her. She always felt this was perverted and Bob had respected that. However, without thinking she was encouraging Tom to fuck her in this last virgin part of her body. At first he was gentle, but as she screamed in pain and yet thrust back, he began to pound her stroke after stroke. Pain eased and she actually began to enjoy it. Her screams changed to groans of pleasure, and she even reached back and began to stroke her clitoris. When they orgasmed, they came together, drenched in sweat, vaginal fluids, and leaking semen. Tom had won. And he was not done. Carrie, do you want to really put Bob down? Carrie was not thinking now except that she did want more revenge, more punishment to hurt Bob. Yes, Tom. 
What do you suggest? I have connections with my wife's modeling agency. I will call up two or three of the best-looking male models and they can come over here and screw you into heaven if you want. Carrie was suddenly turned on by the power over Bob this would give her. He would never cheat on her again, and she would show him that she would not put up with his antics. Do it, Tom. And I will film it and make Bob watch it. Her laugh was almost evil in its glee. So Tom did it, and two hours later after a quick shower he was filming Carrie in her first gangbang with three well-hung male models. One was black, one was Asian, and one was a blonde, giant Scandinavian. By late morning, Carrie was exhausted and just fell asleep amidst a heap of bodies on her bed and Tom had it all on tape. The End